conversation for business owners. This is Lorraine Ball. I'm Sam Montobel. And I'm Lydia Thurston. And today, all of us here at Roundpeg are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, food. Mm, hungry. <laughs> you're all, well, no, you're I'm, not, I'm always hungry. You're always hungry. <laughs> you are. Um, but really, beside the fact that we at Roundpeg have a passion for food in general, everything from donuts to cheese, we also really like working with companies that do food marketing. All our clients are fun to work with, but there's just a certain thing about working with food that just, you know, makes every day a little fun. Absolutely. Uh, some of my favorite clients, if we can have favorite clients, are those that um, are some kind of food industry or restaurant, definitely. And I think, you know, part of it is that you have great you have great pictures when you're working with food clients. You have fun things to talk about that as an individual you can connect with. But I think we've had some really good success with some of our food clients lately. And I'd love to talk about some of the things that we've learned about food marketing that's really worked. Food is a universal love. Uh, and, and so you can do a lot of different things when it comes to marketing with food. You know, you're not just restricted to email newsletters, you can blog about food, you can, you know, social media food, basically every platform is, is at your disposal when it comes to food as well. Um, and also food is a great way to work with others. Um, we have a client, Randall Beans, that uh, we found a really, really great niche working with food bloggers. And it was just a great way to, you know, kind of use their product, uh, Beans obviously, and uh, just show people the fun, versatile applications with food, with, uh, with beans. There's a couple of things there. First off, the food bloggers actually helped us develop some new and interesting recipes. So we could do more than just share pictures of chili mm -hmm. all day, every day. And I think the other side of it is that when we have found the right food bloggers, they have a following and they have a community all their own. So when we promote their content, we get the benefit, and so do they. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if you're looking for a, a food blogger to partner up with, uh, obviously, like you said, a couple things you need to look for is do they have a following of their own? Uh, because they can you know, share that recipe with their followers, so your product is getting in front of a line of people that probably wouldn't see it before. Uh, obviously, looking for good photography is always a plus. Uh, and uh, just how professional their overall website is. I mean, if, if they look kind of rinky-dink, then, you know, maybe check out your other options. Absolutely. And Lydia, you do a lot of the social media for some of our food clients, so you're using a lot of the content that these food bloggers create for us as well as some of the stuff that we're doing. What are you seeing that really works well right now on some of the different channels? Well, with all of our food clients, um, it's pretty obvious that the what that on Facebook what works the best is original content. People love to see what these people who are in the restaurant industry or in the food industry can actually create themselves. Um, so like Randall Beans, there's multiple different chili recipes, whether it's a vegetarian or a turkey chili. And so having that content come from Randall Beans itself and um, having their audience see that, that performs really well. But other than that, sharing content from other um, social media sites like Tasty that have those autoplay videos, if you share it directly from their site, it's going to autoplay in our clients' newsfeed as well. And um, as everybody knows with the Facebook algorithm, videos do great. And so by sharing that and getting that on, on our clients' newsfeed, we have 
phenomenal reach time and time again with these videos. And so I think there are two key things there. First is right now on Facebook, it is totally video, video, video. Food looks really good on video. The other thing is that even if you're not hiring food bloggers, if you're linking to good recipes that feature your product, you're you're still giving credit to the people that created the content, but you become a resource, and that's a great way to add some interest to your timeline. Yeah, cross-promotion is uh, a huge advantage of working in the food industry. Well, and part of, part of the thing that makes cross-promotion work is that cross-tagging. If we share a recipe by blogger A or blogger B, linking to them or tagging them, again, helps us connect with people who are following them who maybe never heard of us. Absolutely. Um, so other things, let's talk beyond Facebook. Where else does, does food really play well? For one of our clients, uh, Sprouts Cooking School, Instagram just does great there. Um, she has a very large Instagram following, and um, oftentimes she can post, or we end up posting for her, um, the same thing she would have normally put on Facebook, and it just takes off on Instagram. And then the beauty of Instagram is all of those great filters. Um, even if your food photo looks phenomenal to begin with, you know, add another filter, another layer to that, it's just going to make it that much better. Um, so Instagram works great for her. I would say email newsletters is actually another great place for food. Uh, if you're a restaurant, it's a great place to let your, uh, let your customers know specials of the week, special offers, things like that. Um, if you're a food company like Randall Beans, it's a great way to advertise your new recipes, put out coupons, um, and link to the recipes. And I think that's kind of key is people in all industries love the how-to and the behind the scenes. And so by sharing recipes, it kind of gives people that how-to. And actually, and I know this is like heresy and a lot of chefs would just go crazy if I say this, but people would love to see how a chef makes something. And if you have a great chef who's got a good personality, get a video of him teaching people how to make one of his dishes. Even though you're giving away the secret sauce, most people are not going to make that at home. They're still going to actually be more interested in coming in, I think, and tasting it when they see it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of the appeal of, of like Lydia was saying, those 30-second little tasty videos or, uh, or people like Binging with Babish on YouTube, just these kind of cooking channels that blow up. People just can't get enough of food. It's it makes a lot of sense. It, yes, it, it does. And um, I'm going to talk about uh, another platform where I think food does really well, and I think we've had mixed responses with it, and that's Pinterest. You know, when you go to Pinterest, there are three or four key industries that do really well. Travel, everybody's pinning their vacations, um, fashion, particularly anything related to weddings. People are planning their weddings, even if they're married and they're thinking of a second wedding, they're planning it. <laughs> um, uh, interestingly, hair salons do very well with, with hair boards and things like that, and food. Food, 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 food. And I think it's a little bit of a challenge, though, because there's a lot of content on Pinterest. 
There is, and it's a lot to wade through, I feel like. I love Pinterest. I use it all the time personally. I get so many recipes from there. And I think that some of the challenge with Pinterest is that there's such an, an, an overwhelming amount of pins and there's so much stuff and content to look through that often who provided the content can get a little lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure that your audience on Pinterest is very um, responsive and doing what you can to increase that responsiveness. Um, and just, I mean, once you get a loyal following on Pinterest, you're sure to keep it, it seems as though, from uh, all of the clients that we have on there. You know, I think there are a couple of things to keep in mind if you're going to do Pinterest. One of the things is not to be afraid of having lots of boards. People really like to follow very niche topics. I do not want to follow everything that someone shares But, oh, I'm really interested in vegan recipes or recipes just using white beans. I'll follow just that board. I may not follow all the other boards. And so creating very niche topics and really going deep. Always, always on your content, making sure that there's a link back to your website. I think people don't realize the power of the buy now button on Pinterest and really encouraging people you like this buy now and and really um people come to pinterest to shop yeah absolutely Uh, like lady said with just the sea of content on pinterest it's so important to find that way to kind of jump off of the screen to your buyers and the buy now button does that um you'll also see the long pins those Mm -hmm. long pictures and people put a little tiny thumbnail in there it doesn't do anything. It's not effective on that platform. So the longer form pictures work a lot. And also video. Um, video is, is kind of a, an up and coming feature that we're seeing more and more of on Pinterest. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that is different between like Pinterest and Facebook or Instagram is on Instagram, I might put up one post a day, one really beautiful post. On Facebook, I might get away with two. On Pinterest, you can pin 15 images in one day and no one will think that's odd. It's not considered spamming if the content is good and relevant and related to things that I'm interested in. So I think that is just the sheer volume of what you can do and not being afraid to to put a lot more content there. We saw a nice spike with Pinterest for a while. It kind of died off because lots of people, it got more cluttered. And I think we were still kind of under this, oh, I'll pin two things today and go away. When everybody else was doing 15, we were getting drowned out. And so I think that's that's gonna be an interesting challenge going forward. For sure. Last minute marketing tips for food people. Um. It's all in the visuals. Food, I, I just put this in a blog post actually. Um, you can tell me how great your chicken parmesan is by saying words like melty cheese, breaded chicken, red sauce, but all those words can never add up to a really, really great picture of chicken parmesan. <laughs> uh, so if, if you're really dedicated to marketing your food, take the time and effort to really get good photography. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, And for me, I'd have to say that food, the food industry is arguably the most cutthroat industry when it comes to marketing. And just making sure that your specific business and how you're marketing your business is in some way different and new and refreshing. I would just argue that 
if you can somehow distinguish yourself from everybody else doing something even remotely similar to you, you're going to go miles further than you would if you just kind of were lackluster in your marketing. Absolutely. I think there are some industries where you can kind of meet to it. When it comes to restaurants, when you see how quickly restaurants come and go, you're absolutely right. There's got to be something in your personality or a certain ingredient that you use or on Instagram, the way that you present your content that makes you stand out and also makes people go, oh yeah, that's insert name here, so that you you gravitate towards it and you look for the content. Cool. I think this has been kind of a fun overview of food. If you have enjoyed today's conversation and you'd like to know more about food marketing, Come to our blog and simply search the word food marketing. You'll get a number of articles and resources that will pop up. And be sure to look for other episodes of More Than a Few Words wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.